You are listening to the Savvy Painter Podcast, episode number 280. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Savvy Painter Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. You might hear little doggies in the background. I have one who is sitting literally two inches away from me and going on 80 pound dog who really wants to be in my lap for some reason right now, but I'm just going to go with it because somehow for me, this seems to fit perfectly with the topic of today's episode, which is having your own back. And I have so much to say about this. And this is sort of the perfect episode to do this on because normally I do a lot, a lot, a lot of preparation for podcast episodes. And I have a one page sheet of notes of bullet points that I'm going to go off of. And to me, this feels very scary and I'm going to do it anyway. And this is kind of the point. (laughs) So you're seeing this happen. You're listening to this happen in action, in the process. So the reason I want to talk about this, so many reasons for it, but I've been thinking about this a lot as it applies to me and as it applies to making art. And what I see with artists who are in growth studio, sometimes I just want to give people a big hug and say, please stop beating yourself up. Don't do this. And I really want to see people have, you know, like really, really being what I'm going to say is like your own best friend. So let's talk about this. Okay. So here's why I think this is so important is because what I witness is a lot of artists who are doing their absolute best at trying to make amazing art and to be a quote unquote serious artist and to be the artist that they want to be. And just that, like, I feel like those words are kind of ineffective. I think if I was writing this out, I'd be like, oh, what's another word for that? How could I say that better? But it does, like, I think that is the simplest way to say it is just as with our paintings, we have visions of how we think things should be on the canvas. We have a vision for what we want to create. We have visions for who we want to be as an artist. And we oftentimes will make that, we'll set the bar really high, which I think is wonderful. And so I want to kind of like right away say that I don't want anyone to lower their bar. I just want you to be more gentle with yourself as you reach for that bar. And I am all for setting the bar high. I am all for setting high standards. I am all for having a high sense of excellence for yourself. I think we can have that. And I think that as we reach for that, as we create that for ourselves, as we become that, that we can also have our own back. So here's what I mean by that. And some of you who have worked with me before, I'm thinking in particular of the amazing women. It was an all-women's group who were in the first things first group that I, the two groups that I ran at the end of last year and that we're still doing some work with on that. 
I asked them to literally make a pinky promise with me on the first day of that course that they would never beat themselves up, no matter what. No matter what I asked them to do, no matter what they expected of themselves, we held our pinkies up to the virtual camera that we were on, and we all made a pinky promise to ourselves and to each other that we would never beat ourselves up no matter what happened. And this is, to me, part of having your own back. Having your own back is a commitment to not beating yourself up. And I'm going to elaborate on all of these. It is a commitment to not beating yourself up. Having your own back is a commitment to striving for your higher self. It is a commitment to excellence. It is a commitment to allowing yourself to be human. It is a commitment, once again, to not beating yourself up ever. It is a pinky promise to love yourself, even if... And you can fill in the blanks with whatever it is that pops into your mind. It is a commitment to honor your ideas. It is a commitment to trust your voice. It is, above all, I think, a commitment to be your own best friend. That is what we are going to talk about. Okay, so let's start with this commitment to not beating yourself up. Oh, we are so good at this. We are so, so good at beating ourselves up. And what I would like to propose to you is that beating yourself up has absolutely no upside to it. None whatsoever. It doesn't make you a better painter. It doesn't make you work harder. I think a lot of people, actually, I know a lot of people think that beating themselves up is necessary. They think that if they stop beating themselves up, that they will then become lazy, that they won't work as hard, that they won't perform as well, that they won't try as much. All of these reasons we give ourselves for not stopping beating ourselves up. And it's understandable. I am a very ambitious person and I hold myself to a high, high standard. And so I totally understand the impulse to hold yourself to a very high standard and to make that mean that you have to really keep the pressure on or you won't perform. I hear this a lot of times with artists who say like, I have to have a deadline. I need a deadline. If I don't have a deadline, then I won't get anything done. And I want to offer you a different way of looking at it that will hopefully begin to make some sense. Maybe it will just shift your viewpoint slightly so that, I mean, my hope really is that you stop beating yourself up. But if right now that feels completely unavailable to you, that you at least are a little bit nicer, a little bit kinder. And so here's why. So we think oftentimes that beating ourselves up is what makes us accountable. That's what I hear the most often. If I don't do that, if I don't beat myself up, then I'll never get anything done. If I don't beat myself up, I will be lazy. If I don't beat myself up, and sometimes people don't say precisely that. They don't say precisely if I don't beat myself up, but 
it has that flavor. It has that flavor of being very harsh, very critical, very self-critical, very judgmental. All of these things, like if you don't get this done, then there's something wrong. If you don't do X, then there is something wrong with you. And my experience with that and what I have seen from coaching so many artists and from experiencing this with so many people is it is the exact opposite of that. When we are continually using negative language towards ourselves, it creates a what I will call a hostile work environment. So here's the thing with that is that we as artists, as human beings have done a very good job of convincing ourselves usually that we deserve this, that we need to have this. So for all of the reasons that I just listed, we truly, truly believe that this is necessary. But what I want you to imagine for just a second is imagine someone you love, someone you care about deeply. And I think for me, at least, it is most effective when I think of a child. Like if I think of, well, my niece is in her 30s and she's a mom now, <laughs> which is amazing to me and beautiful. But I still can't help but see her as oftentimes my two nieces, I can't help but see them as, you know, like when they were around eight, 10 years old. And if anyone dared to talk to them the way that I talk to myself, to hold them to impossibly high standards, I would probably lose my shit. I would not respond well to that. And so if you can think of a person that you love so deeply and imagine someone talking to that person continually, consistently, always on their back, always right behind them on every moment, everything that they do, every second, imagine if they had someone behind them saying what you say to yourself. To me, that is the best way to describe it. Like as a person who loves that other person, imagine how incensed you would be if somebody talked to them that way. And just think about it like, you know, in a school, like, with little kids, if somebody, if schools were run in such a way that there was somebody standing behind each child and actively criticizing them the way that you actively criticize yourself when you're painting, you instinctively want to stick up for that person probably. And there is an intuitive part of you that knows, you know what, like not only are you rude, inconsiderate, and just mean, you're a bully, but you're not helping this kid. All you're doing is making it more difficult, making them more self-conscious, making them more worried about every move they make. So when you think about it that way, and you think about the, you know, like sometimes how we are with our inner critic, or sometimes how we are when we're painting, or when we're looking at our body of work out on the wall, or when we're thinking about what we want to do with our art, or we're thinking about even our choice to be an artist. There is some, even if there isn't, I mean, mine tends to have quite a bit of profanity, but even if there's no profanity, it is not a helpful conversation that is going on usually when 
when you're behaving this way towards yourself. And what I want to offer you is there is not a world, there is not a universe (laughs) that exists where this is appropriate or helpful. And we tell ourselves that it is. We tell ourselves things like, if I didn't do that, I would never get anything done. Like there is this really false black and white thinking that says, if I don't do this, if I don't hold myself to impossibly high standards, if I'm not rude, mean, disparaging, and just a bully to myself, I won't get anything done. And what I want you to consider maybe now while you're listening to this and maybe now while your your more thoughtful brain is activated, how helpful really is that? It's not. Spoiler alert, it's just not helpful. And so what I want to offer you is that there is an in-between. It's not like if you stop talking to yourself, all of a sudden, you're just going to lay on the couch in your pajamas until five o'clock at in the afternoon or till or let's or not even get out of your pajamas that you're just going to lie there and watch Netflix and just binge on all the friends episodes that you've probably seen a hundred times. You're just like, that's what your life is going to be forever and ever and ever. It's not true. You're not going to do that. So having your own back means literally this, like to me, it is like I refuse refuse to even entertain that voice that beats myself up no matter what I did. Even if I did something or I didn't do something, that's usually what it is for me personally, even if I did not do something that I wanted to do, that I said I would do, I will not beat myself up for it. That is a commitment that I have made to myself. Because it doesn't make me work harder and it doesn't make the work that I produce any better. It only makes it worse. This is part of having your own back. And it's a really, really important part of it. And I think that concept of never beating yourself up is one of the most difficult ones for most people to wrap their head. I mean, I think it's easy for people to wrap their heads around it, but to actually put it in practice, because there's always an exception to the rule, we think, when we deserve to beat ourselves up. Okay, so and I'm holding to it and we will go deeper into it, but I am planting my flag right here and saying it is not helpful and it doesn't work. And it also does not mean that you will become a lazy sloth (laughs) or that you will just lose all of your standards and it doesn't mean that you will suddenly become a terrible person. I think that's most often what we make it mean. Having your own back is also a commitment to striving for your higher self, to always be holding yourself to, and this is where it gets a little like sketchy for people are a little bit like, wait, what? You want me to hold, you want me to not beat myself up and you want to hold me to my own high standards. Yes. And I think we can hold those two ideals at the same time. What that means to me is I am committed to continually striving to reach for and to access my higher self. That's the part of me that wants to evolve 
That's the part of me that wants to create better and better and better art. And I think that I can continually, at the same time I know that my art can always be better, I can hold that in my hand and always, no matter what, my work can always be better. I can always improve on what I do. And that's what's so exciting about it. I can always be improving and always see my art and see things that I will do better next time and not beat myself up and also not make it mean that the art that I just produced is not worthy. So sit with that one for a second, because this is, I think, this is a conversation I have weekly in Growth Studio. We have weekly coaching calls and some flavor of this comes up every single time. Can you look at your art, look at a finished piece, see that there are things that you can do, that you want to do better, that you could do better, and, and I think this is the and word to me is very, very important. Can you see that and still leave space for loving the work that is? So kind of embarrassing to put this in a podcast episode. So far, I've only talked about this in Growth Studio, but I will admit that 13-year-old Antrice had kind of questionable fashion choices. So I can look at photos of 13-year-old Antrice and be like, wow, okay, Madonna really did wear that better dating myself, but 13-year-old Antrice, Lucky Star, was like new and nobody knew who Madonna was. And I was a little bit obsessed at that time. And so that look with the gloves, with the bandana, that whole thing, I was all over it. I would never put that on. Well, unless it was Halloween. I would never put that on right now, except for Halloween. And I can look at those photos and still love 13-year-old Antrice for going all in on it and not want to change the photo, not want to pretend like it didn't happen, not criticize 13-year-old Antrice for that. And I I cannot believe I'm sharing this with you guys, but hey, you know what? Lucky Star, love that song. So I can look at my art in a very similar way and see that, yes, like I made the best choices that I could. I used all of me in that painting. I used all of the knowledge that I had at that moment. I put all of my creativity into that painting and I love the painting. And as I was creating it, I was seeing new things. I was trying new things. And on the next painting, I will implement what I learned on that past painting. So there are some caveats in there, right? So there is this idea of I will use all of me, everything that I know right now to strive for that higher standard of myself, knowing that I'm always reaching just a little bit further than I have reached before. I am trying something new, maybe, or trying to express something that I haven't been able to fully express yet in this painting yet. And I am reaching my arms out extended, reaching out, trying to create this thing that I've never created before. And I might not always hit it, but I'm reaching. And every time I reach, I inch a little bit further. And in the next painting, I bring that forward. And 
at the same time, because I am using all of my knowledge, I know that I'm not leaving something in there that I know is wrong and that like the drawing is off, that the values are off, that the colors are off, that I know it's incorrect. It's not part of my vision and I know how to fix it. I don't leave that in there. I correct that. I continue, like I use, so that's where this is really important. I use all of the knowledge that I have. I reach deep inside of myself for every single person who has ever taught me anything about art, for every painting I've ever looked at and had an aha moment. I am reaching for that and bringing that into my painting. But I am also very aware and very happy (laughs) that I always have more to learn, more to experiment more to play with, more to be curious about, more to be fascinated about. All of that is there and I may not be able to execute the vision that is in my head with my current knowledge, but with every painting, I have better and better questions to ask myself. So that is how I hold in both hands this commitment to not beating myself up and the commitment to striving for my higher self, this commitment for excellence. Notice it is not about perfectionism. It is about finding where is the limit of my current knowledge? How can I go just a tad bit beyond that? Just push myself a little bit further. Just knowingly try something that may or may not work. And in that trying of something that may or may not work, I discover new things about myself, my voice, my capabilities, the limitations of the materials, all of these things. I am all of that I'm taking into account and I am embracing all of that, knowing that yes, I might fall flat on my face. Yes, I might not reach that, but I'm still going to reach for it. And if I don't catch it, I'm not going to beat myself up ever. This is what for me, This is what having your own back means to me. So I said at the beginning of this that having your own back is a commitment to not beating yourself up. It's a commitment to striving for your higher self. It is a commitment to allowing yourself to be human, to be human. For me, being human means I'm going to screw it up. I'm not going to do everything right. If we're talking about painting, I will not always make a masterpiece. And I love that. It is the search for it. It is the curiosity about what do I see, for me at least, as someone who leans heavily towards representational painting, what do I see and what do I want to say? Those are the two questions that are consistently in my mind. And so in my commitment to allowing myself to be a human, I will also allow myself to fall flat on my face. I will allow myself to make a, if we put it in more scientific terms, in my painting, I will make a hypothesis. I will make a guess. I will say, what if I put this here? What if I put that there? What if I make this little pattern here? And that humanity, what I mean by allowing myself to be a human is embracing those mistakes. A lot of us like to think of like the 
I don't know. I'm going to guess that many of us, I want to say we're all, but there's a little Bob Ross in all of us that we want the happy trees. We want the happy mistakes. We want that. And to me, what that is, is that is allowing yourself to be human if it works out the way that I want, if it fits in my vision, if I can say I can justify it within the image. And what I want to propose is even if it doesn't, I want to allow myself to be human. So when I try something on the painting and it doesn't work, I let that happen. When I do something in my art career, when I do something anywhere else and it doesn't work, it doesn't turn out the way I expected it to. It's not just it doesn't turn out the way that I expected to, but maybe I didn't respond the way that I wanted to. So this is going to get super meta, but this whole episode is about having your own back. It's about a commitment to not beating yourself up. So I have made that commitment to myself. And yet, sometimes I will still beat myself up. I will slip and I let that happen and I don't make it mean anything. Wait, what? You just said... You're committed to not beating yourself up. That is true. And I am also aware that I am human and I will not do that 100% of the time. So if and when that happens, that I am standing in front of my painting, it's not turning out the way that I wanted to, and I begin to beat myself up, I don't add on another layer of misery. Like I don't make something that's already painful even more painful by disallowing myself by not allowing myself those very human moments of making even that mistake. So happy accidents on the canvas. We are, in theory, I think a lot of us are very comfortable with that, unless it doesn't quite fit with what you wanted. But when we're talking about this, when we're talking about, I'm going to make this commitment to never beat myself up, and then I beat myself up. What do I make that mean? That's very, very meta. There's probably many, many other examples I can give you. I'm just going to go with that one because that seems relevant at this moment. Okay, and so it fits into, you may have noticed, you probably have already forgotten that I repeated myself, right? I said having your own back means a commitment to not beating yourself up. It means a commitment to striving for your higher self. It means a commitment to allowing yourself to be a human. And then I said again, it means a commitment to not beating yourself up. It is purposely repetitive. (laughs) It is repetitively redundant. So when you are committed to striving for your higher self and you don't reach it, when you are committed to not beating yourself up and you slip and beat yourself up, you allow yourself to be human and you don't use that as a weapon against yourself. What? Yeah, I know. Sit with that for a second. It really, really matters. So all of this is really like I'm asking you and I'm suggesting to you that you make a pinky promise with me right now to yourself to have your own back, to love yourself, even when your drawing is off, even when you quote unquote should have known better, even when you've taken list all the classes, workshops, et cetera, you have already taken in your life. Even when you make mistakes, even when your drawing is off, even when your colors are just not working and how many times do you have to make that same mistake? 
That's where the beating yourself up sneaks in. You make a pinky promise to love yourself even when you spent days, weeks, months on a painting and it did not turn out the way you imagined it. This is what having your own back means. It is a commitment to all of that. It is a commitment to honoring your own ideas. Really think about that, like honoring your own ideas. That means not second guessing yourself. That means not telling yourself that it was stupid. That means not diving into a painting that you were super excited about getting halfway through it, reaching a point where you're really, really struggling and telling yourself that was not a good idea. I bit off more than I could chew. What was I thinking? Why did I choose this? Why am I, I don't know why I decided to do this. This is a stupid idea. Honor your ideas. Treat them in the way that they deserve because this is how you find your inner voice. If you are consistently acting in the opposite way when you don't have your back, if you're consistently hypercritical, judging yourself, beating yourself up, throwing your ideas under the bus when they don't turn out quite the way that you wanted to, you don't allow them the opportunity to grow. And when you do that, for all of you who are thinking about or wondering about, like, what is my voice? What is my painting about? You will never find that while you are hypercritical and judgmental about your ideas, your painting, and all of, all of the things that we just talked about. Your inner voice needs time and space to grow. When you give it that time and space and love and caring and nurturing to grow, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger up until the point where a person can walk into the room and know that is your painting. They see it. They know it because your voice is that strong. That doesn't happen when you don't have your own back. That doesn't happen when you're consistently shutting it down and not honoring your ideas, not trusting your inner voice, and not allowing these little tiny seeds that you are planting or that that want to be planted. That's your intuition. It wants to be planted and you're not giving it soil, you're not giving it water, you're not giving it sunlight. So the way that I truly, truly think about this is that having, you know, like these are all like examples of what I think it means to have your own back. And another way that I think about it, so I kind of kicked this off talking about not beating yourself up in terms of really thinking about the way that you talk about yourself and your art and how you create and all of that as if you were talking to a child and not allowing that and just feeling that kind of like loud no that comes up. If you even consider for a second speaking to, I'm going to use a child as an example, but if that's not accessible to you right now, to thinking about somebody that you deeply love, imagine somebody following them around 24-7, saying what you say to yourself, and really like stomping on their dreams consistently and constantly the way that I know that a lot of you do, while you're painting at least, if not 24-7. And so I like to think of that as Another way of thinking about this idea of having your own back, the way that I like to think about it is 
What would it mean to you if you were your own best friend? If you were the person that when things go wrong, that when things get tough, when you're feeling down, you are the person that you call. You are the person that you want to reach out to. How can you be that for yourself? How would you need to show up? How would you need to be? What kind of energy would you need to bring to that conversation? And what do you bring right now? This is what I mean by having your own back, to be that person for yourself. That's what I have for you today. I really, really hope this has kind of sparked some thought in you. And I hope that you are willing to make a pinky promise with me right now. I am literally holding up my little pinky to the microphone out to you. Pinky promise that you will do your best and really consider being the person who has your own back. That's what I have for you today. Have a great week, everybody. When you are aware of how powerful your mind is, you show up to your studio differently. You notice the abundant opportunities to level up your presence in the studio. And when you do that, you stop worrying about whether or not you have a voice because you know it was already there. Now your best work comes more easily. Join Growth Studio now. I show you your blind spots and help you create confidently. Just go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join.